The Productive Woman, Episode 202. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about launching our kids into the world. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 202. This episode is brought to you by Babbel and FreshBooks. Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in the world, and it will help you learn a new language. Visit Babbel, that is B-A-B-B-E-L dot com, offer code TPW for 50% off your first three months. I'll share a little more about Babbel later. But first, our longtime sponsor, FreshBooks, is supporting this episode, And they've got a question that made me think, a quick question for all of the hardworking entrepreneurs putting in hours while summer fun beckons outside. And here's the question. Has dealing with your day-to-day paperwork ever brought about feelings that resemble anything close to joy, satisfaction, or ease? I didn't think so. Certainly not for me. Paperwork is my least favorite part of having a business. But if you're ready for that to change, our friends at FreshBooks are inviting you to try their ridiculously easy cloud accounting software that is a total joy to use. And yes, I just used the words easy, joy, and accounting in the same sentence. And for a non-numbers person like me, that's a big deal. Using FreshBooks, it takes literally about 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice. That's just one way that, that FreshBooks helps with the money side, the paperwork side of business. You can also have automated expense tracking. You can link your FreshBooks account to your credit and debit cards. So next time you expense that business lunch or a tank of gas, it'll show up automatically in your FreshBooks account and show up in the reports that you can print with a click of a couple buttons when it comes to tax time. With two clicks, FreshBooks can set you up to receive payments online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. To see all the ways that FreshBooks can bring the joy by changing the way you feel about your paperwork, they're offering the Productive Woman listeners an unrestricted 30-day free trial. All you have to do to claim it is just go to freshbooks.com slash TPW and be sure to enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Try it out for 30 days. Use all the different features. See how it works for you. See if you like it as much as I do. It has been a game changer for me in dealing with the financial side of my business. I look forward to hearing what you think about it. Okay, let's get right into our topic. Uh, This episode is another one that started with uh, something going on in my life. We are, as I'm recording this, getting ready to send our youngest child off to graduate school in another state. So Sam graduated from college, but he has lived at home while he went to college because the school he was going to was just 15 minutes from our home. And so he's been here all this time. Uh, He's leaving now. We live in Texas. He's headed up to Indianapolis to attend graduate school there. And 
it's kind of a big deal for me. Uh, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that we have five children. Sam is our youngest. He's 24 and headed off now, finally, to uh, to go somewhere else. Our older kids, we have three of them who are married and have kids of their own, and, and then one adult daughter who has been out on her own for several years. But we're now getting ready to send Sam off. And you would think that after having launched his four older siblings, this would be no big deal. But it is a big deal. It's a big deal for us. It's a big deal for him. And it's really got me thinking about this whole idea of, you know, launching our kids off into the wider world and how that affects us, how it affects them, what that experience is like. And I put the question out into the Productive Woman Community Facebook group and got some ideas and questions and suggestions from women in the community there. And I'll be sharing some of those in this episode because I, I'll, you know, start right off the bat by saying, I don't have all the answers to this. This is something that I'm pondering a lot, even though we've been through it several times. It's different this time. So when when does this happen, this launching, this sending our kids off when they leave home? It can happen at various stages in their life when they go off to college, if they go out of town or out of state even to go to college. Uh, sometimes it happens because they've joined the military. We've had two of our sons who went into the military before college. And so that was a very different experience, sending them off to serve our country. It might be that they leave because they're getting married and now they're heading off to start a household of their own. Or maybe they've finished college and uh, whether they were at home or came back home, but now they've got their first job and they're heading out on their own. Sometimes our kids leave because of, of a time of rebellion in their lives. And so it's not a, always a positive experience when they're leaving um, out of anger or because you've asked them to leave because they are, you know, not cooperating, not living in a peaceful way in your household. And those are, you know, that's a, a different kind of experience that I I know I have friends who've been through similar kinds of things. It's not something I'll necessarily address here specifically. It may be something we want to talk about in a future episode. But regardless of the reason why our kids leave home, the ultimate result is the same. They're not under our roof anymore. And that can be a challenge for a lot of us. It can be hard for a lot of reasons. It may be different if it's your first child leaving or your your last child leaving, as, as is the case here for us, or maybe it's your only child. And so your feelings about it may be different and how you react may be different depending on kind of where the kid falls in that, that sort of ranking. I think universally, though, it's a challenge. It's hard when they leave us. I in the Facebook group, when I asked this question, some of the comments made me smile. One in particular, Kat said, she says, I can't imagine that. She says, he isn't allowed to leave. And she kind of put a smiley face after that. And she said, he's 21 and I can never imagine him moving out or life without him. And I I totally can relate, Kat. I think a lot of us as moms feel that way. How 
while we want them to go out and thrive and build their own lives, it's still so hard to see them go. And it brings so many changes. And we'll talk about some of those. Uh, you know, I don't in- anticipate this episode to be like the the be-all, end-all answer to all the questions. I really want to start a conversation about this for those of us moms who are experiencing it now or who are looking forward a few years and knowing that it's going to happen. And so we'll talk about some of the the things we can do to maybe make the transition a little easier, but I expect that you'll have ideas that you could share, and I encourage you to do so. If you're part of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, definitely let's talk about it there, or you can send me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, um, share your ideas, and I may do you know, a follow-up episode down the road as we get more feedback on this. So some of the things we can do to make the transition easier or more smooth or more successful, I think it all starts with preparation. Part of a successful launch of our kids into the world starts with preparation ahead of time as they're growing up. And Andrea in the community asked about that as well. She said she said she'd love to hear more about what you wish you knew when your kids were teenagers. Uh, and I think that's a great question. You know, my youngest now is 24 and and so I'm past that stage. There are things as they got older that I wish maybe I had done a few years before they left to make it easier. And so Andrea asked questions, for example, when do most parents start touring colleges with their kids? And how much did you influence your kids' choices for classes? And she said she tends to defer to her kids as she expects this will help them stay more engaged in learning. But those are great questions, Andrea, and, and something I would love to hear feedback from you as you're listening. If you've got ideas for moms whose kids are in their early and mid-teens, what should they be thinking about now? What should we, you know, those parents be doing to prepare ahead of time for their kids to leave them, to go off to college or or whatever? So I'd love to have your your feedback on the, that question, and we'll talk about that again in a, a future episode. There are some uh, things we can do to prepare practically at whatever stage you are. I mean, obviously, Sam's going to be leaving in a couple of weeks as I record this. And so a lot of the preparation, I hope, we have done before now. But there are still some things we can work on now. And so some of the the practical things we're we're doing now to get ready for him to leave, very nitty-gritty kind of practical things. I, setting them up uh, with the technology that he's going to need. So making sure your kids have not just a computer, because, you know, we all send our kids off to college or wherever with a, a computer, or most of us do, but make sure that they've got a computer backup system, something like Backblaze, which is what I use as an ongoing backup of my computers. Uh, the The importance of this for all of us, I guess, is is can't be overstressed. But it was really driven home to me lately as Sam is getting ready to leave, his hard drive crashed. I mean, and he lost everything on it. All the schoolwork he had done in college, the papers he had written that, you know, he would like to have had as a resource 
maybe for some of his graduate work, it's all gone. And we're we're trying some different things to see if it can be retrieved. But the hard drive is irretrievably broken. And so what I didn't think of before was to actually sit down with him and make sure he was doing some of the same things that I was doing with respect to my computer. So we're getting him set up with a new computer, but one of the things that I'm encouraging him to do, and you might want to consider having your kids do as well, is to set things up so that documents that they create automatically save to a Dropbox folder instead of just a native hard drive folder. A lot of us talked about Dropbox on the show before. I know a lot of you use it as a as a repository for your documents. It's not really a backup system. It is just a folder on your hard drive that synchronizes with a folder in the cloud and you can access it from whatever devices. But if he had been using a Dropbox folder, and he has a Dropbox account, but if he had been using that as the main place where his documents were saved, even when his hard drive crashed, his documents would have been accessible through another device. But he wasn't. He was saving them all natively on the hard drive. So consider doing something like that. We're also going to set him up with both an external hard drive as a backup. He has a Mac computer like I do. And so Time Machine is a program that's built into the Macs that will automatically back up your hard drive or whatever files you designate onto an external hard drive. We're definitely going to be doing that and as well getting him set up with Backblaze so that it uh, backs up to an offsite cloud. Does that seem like overkill? Maybe it is, but I I encourage you all to overkill in that way, not just for your kids, but but for yourself. But that way he's got multiple backups of anything that's important and he has the ability to access it. And no matter what happens to a device that maybe crashes or is stolen or something like that. Uh, similarly, we'll be making sure that he is developing good habits with re- respect to passwords for applications and for his computer, and we'll send him up with a password manager like LastPass or 1Password so that he his documents are secure, his information is secure uh, from prying eyes as well as from computer malfunction. So that's kind of one real practical thing that I feel like we can do to get him ready to go. And that's something you can do at any stage of things. Other practical preparation involves making sure they have the basic skills to kind of survive and take care of themselves as they go out on their own. They ought to know how to do a load of laundry without ruining their clothes. They probably ought to know boys and girls alike ought to know how to do some basic car maintenance and some basic household repairs. Uh, they need to know how to go grocery shopping. Uh, and do and in connection with that, basic cooking and meal planning. This, you know, I, my, I, my kids have cooked with me on and off over the years, but I do a, a lot of the cooking, either Mike or I do it. Uh, and so... I know he knows how to cook some basic stuff, but Sam actually brought this up, a question. He asked for ideas for budget-friendly meals. He's going to be sharing a a condo with a roommate that he hasn't yet met. 
and he's going to have to feed himself. So mom and dad aren't going to be there to put groceries in the refrigerator and food on the table. And he's, you know, he's thinking about how limited his budget's going to be. And he asks for ideas of what what are things that he can fix for meals that are within his capability to cook and that aren't going to break the budget. And so one of the things we're going to do, his older sisters and my mother and I are, are kind of going to put try to put together a little notebook of meal ideas and simple recipes, things that a single guy or a single girl for that matter can cook for herself or himself and, and be healthy, but not, you know, budget busting. And this is obviously for a student, but even someone who's going out for their first job, you want to make sure they know how to plan decent meals, simple meals, and do the grocery shopping and put that food on the table for themselves. And certainly a skill they need to have is budgeting. This is especially important if they're going from a home where you've been paying for everything to where they're suddenly going to be responsible for for all their expenses and they're going to be living on less money than they're used to. Their standard of living is probably going to change. If whether they're going out as a student or getting married or taking their first job, it's unlikely that they're going to be as set financially perhaps as you are. So they need to know how to create a budget and how to live on a budget. And that's something that we can teach them now. And that, so, so that kind of, those are some of the practical things that I thought of. Again, I'd love to hear your ideas of other things you would want to make sure your child was prepared for. You know, we're doing some things like before he leaves to drive to Indianapolis, we've said, you know, take your car in and get it serviced, get the oil changed, get everything ready to go, uh, go get a, your doctor's checkup and get your eyes checked and all of that. So that's all taken care of before he heads out of state and to make sure everything's in order. Then there's just the financial preparation in general was another thing that we've thought about. And a lot of this and your role in this may depend on their age when they leave, where they're going and why. If they're going to college, to to undergrad, uh, you may be supporting them more financially. Whereas if they're, you know, they finish college and they're going out to take their first professional job, or they're getting married, you're probably going to be doing less in terms of actually supporting them financially. This was something that Yvonne in the community commented on. She said she has two adult children, ages 27 and 23. And in in terms of their departure, she said they agreed they would pay for four years of college. They won't pay for five She says, we told the kids we would pay rent and bills one month after graduation, and after that, they were on their own. We transitioned them off our insurance four months after they started their first professional job. So that's an approach. But obviously, Yvonne and her husband have thought about this, and they communicated to their kids so that the kids know what to expect and know at what point they're going to be on their own and and needing to cover everything themselves. It's so important to teach them to live within their means. Teach them how to create and live by a budget. There there are lots of reasons why this is important. Debt is a, a kind of an epidemic in the United States anyway. I can't speak for what things are like in other countries, but 
you may or may not remember from if you went to college how during that first week or so on campus there were you know people trying to hand you credit card applications and it's real tempting to to sign up for those because you can buy whatever you want with that little piece of plastic but that debt can be a trap as well so it's important that we teach our kids to live within their means and to to create and live within a budget one article I read, and I'll put a link to this in the show notes because there was some really good stuff there, uh, uh, an article on helping your kids to become financially independent. And it quotes one one dad who's also a financial planner who, who says, if you have a handle on your spending, you're not as stressed and you can be so much more productive and happier. And that is such, I I mean, that's an important lesson for all of us to learn, but it's something we need to think about with our kids as well, making sure that they can live within their means and not take on more debt than is reasonable. Uh, You know, maybe they've got to take student loans to help pay for tuition and those sorts of things, but credit card debt is not probably the best thing to be thinking about as you're starting life on your own as an adult. There was, uh, in terms of how much you should support your kid as they get older, as they go out on their own, uh, there are several articles that I thought were really interesting. And the one I just mentioned had some advice from experts on providing financial support to adult kids. And there were a couple of things that they recommended. Uh, One of them was, if you're going to provide financial support, earmark it for something specific. So say, I will pay your phone bill or I will pay your health insurance. Uh, One expert says, avoid just giving them lump sums of cash as they can seem like entitlements, which doesn't set the right tone. Experts also advise that we put it in writing, set down not just what you'll pay for, but also how long you'll cover it and under one conditions. And they, the article says this doesn't have to be a legal document, just something to help avoid misunderstandings. And so put it in writing. If you're going to agree, I will cover your rent for the first six months, or I will cover your phone bill, or I will cover, you know, your internet and utilities, whatever it is that you feel like you want to do and you're able to do, uh, be specific about it and put it in writing so that there are no misunderstandings and your, your child can plan accordingly. So we've talked a little bit about some of the practical preparation, some of the financial preparation. There's a lot more that could be said about that. And again, I I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this. If you've been through this before, your kids are grown and gone, how how did you make that transition? How did you prepare for it? Would love to hear about that. There's also the emotional preparation. And I guess that's the piece that I mostly was thinking about when I first started thinking about this as a topic for the podcast. I'm thinking about the emotional um, experience of having your kid leave. For them, there are probably mixed emotions. Maybe they're excited because they're going off to college or, you know, like for Sam, going off to graduate school to really focus on the field that he's interested in. Uh, or if you've got a child who's getting married, they're excited about that. But there may be some mixed emotions. They Maybe there's some fear of what's it going to be like to get out there without 
uh, you know, mom and dad down the hall without that backstop. Maybe there's some anxiety about what the experience is going to be like. There's a lot of unknown for a kid going off to college, graduate school, even getting married. You don't, there's so much unknown there going into the military, all of those things. There, there's, there needs to be probably a recognition of the mixed emotions that come with this experience. And it's important to try to talk about it. And that may be hard for some kids. Sam is not a real communicative guy. And so when we have those moments when he seems to feel like talking about it, I try to drop what I'm doing and sit and talk with him and listen and hear what he's saying and what he's feeling and and try to help him process those emotions. I think that's an important piece of the preparation for their departure. And certainly there's some emotional preparation that we need to undertake. Talk about mixed emotions. I mean, if your experience is like mine, you're so proud of them. You're so excited for this next stage of their life. But there's another side of it. There's the worry. You don't stop being a mom just because your kid hits 18 or 21 or 25 or, you know, 36 as or 37 as my oldest child is. You don't stop being their mom and you worry, especially when they're leaving for the first time. Will they thrive? Will they be safe? It's a hard thing when you've spent all those years looking after their well-being. Now you're not going to be nearby to protect them And are they going to be safe? Will they make wise choices? You can trust that they've learned the lessons you've tried to teach them by example and by teaching over the years, but you don't know. And so it's, I think it's normal to be worried or, you know, tell me if you think I'm wrong, maybe it's just me, but there's that piece of it. And there's certainly that sense of loss, uh, the sadness that the stage of life that your baby is not your baby anymore. And you know that because you can look at them and you see that they're, they're an adult, but for us moms, they're always going to be our baby. And for dads who are listening, you know, I know my husband experiences it the same way. This, this sense of this, this little one that we raised is now going out on his own. And there's a sadness there, even when you're excited for them and, and looking forward to the next phase of life. Corrine commented in the Facebook group she, uh, uh, on this issue of preparing She says, there's preparing them to launch, and then there's preparing yourself for their launch. The hardest thing, she says, is to learn to coach them through challenges instead of tell them what to do, or worse, do it for them. Uh, Corrine goes on to say, the house seemed very empty after work for a while, but then I realized that how I left it in the morning was exactly how I found it when I came home. No dirty dishes, missing food, etc., and she did some things to sort of cope with the the transition that I thought were interesting and, and probably of value to us. She says she redid both of her kids' rooms when the youngest one uh, left as they were both kid rooms and she wanted them to be young adult rooms when they came back. That helped to make a real tangible transition. So that might be something to consider. Uh, plans for their room, not like get out because I'm you know taking over your room to do something completely different. You might want to talk to them about that and see how how does that make them feel and talk through those feelings. It's your house and you can you know do what you want with that room, uh, but but. Be aware that it may have uh, they they may have an interesting reaction to the idea that their space is suddenly not not their space anymore. Uh, but as as 
Corrine said, it, that can help make it a very real transition that kind of brings it down to earth for you. She says, she says also, and this is fairly strange, I went on a sock matching quest. Both kids went with all matched socks. As I went through the house thoroughly over the next few months, I knew every sock I found had a match somewhere in the house or I could get rid of it. It was my corner of the world to control. And I love that. It, there's, there's that feeling, isn't there, of you're losing control of, of, of a piece of the world. And so as your kid goes off into the world without you. And so this was a a way to sort of exercise control where you could. So dealing with that sadness, dealing with that sense of loss, there's also for a lot of us, we feel a little bit at loose ends. We have spent so much of our life focused on these kids and now they grow and they leave. And it can be a real identity crisis for a lot of us. I mean, we we have our identity has been built around being you know Sam's mom Ashley's mom and who am i if i'm not their mom and laquita i hope i'm pronouncing your name right expressed that in the facebook group she says her youngest is going off to college next month and she's feeling a real loss but then she goes on to say some really wise things that i thought were were Uh, very, very thought provoking. She says, as I've processed this idea from my perspective, a mother launching her youngest into the world, into college, she says, the word anchor keeps finding its way into my thoughts. A little odd, but the reality is that their schedules were in my calendar before I inserted my schedule around them. I essentially planned my life around theirs. Not complaining, I chose to do this and loved it, but now I find myself a bit lost in finding my own rhythm and routine. And she's she's looking forward to whatever tips and lessons uh, the, the community can share. I think a lot of us feel that way. We have, our kids have been an anchor. They have been a focal point for us as we try to raise them to a healthy, happy, productive adulthood. And now that that phase is over, now what do we do? And there are a lot of things we can do, and uh, I'll share a few ideas from the community later on, but this is a really good time to think about who you are, who you want to be, what you want for this next stage of your life. And as you're preparing for them to leave, maybe start planning something for yourself to look forward to. What will you do with that extra time, what would you like to, where, where would you like to turn your focus now that the most time consuming part of your job as a parent is coming to an end? And that's, uh, I think there's some real value in doing that, using this transition time. And we did an episode recently talking about transition times being a good time to ask ourselves some questions and maybe make some plans. And if you have something to look forward to beyond the date when your child leaves, that maybe makes that departure date a little less painful. To that point, one of the things that can raise some some anxiety or or be something to look forward to can be the changes in the relationships re- the change in the relationship with your spouse and with your kid and um 
Deanna talked about this in the Facebook group. She says, expect it to be hard for a while. She homeschooled for nine years. She says, when my youngest graduated and got married that, that same summer, I felt a bit lost. She says, the best thing we ever did was plan a vacation later that summer. My husband and I spent that week reconnecting and looking forward to our future together without kids at home. Uh, we bought a timeshare and began planning trips. And I thought that's such a great idea. So plan a little, you know, when you when you first got married and you went on a honeymoon and, or something like that, plan something like that. This is the launching not only of your child into the world, but also uh, of a new phase of your relationship. A lot of us, you know, as our kids grow up, we spend a lot of time focused, both of us focused on our kids and maybe a little less time focused on each other. Now is a chance to change that a little bit and renew that relationship and and re-strengthen it. Elizabeth said, When I was struggling emotionally when my youngest was heading to college, my husband said, it was just us before kids, and now it will be just us again. He had the biggest smile on his face like it was a new adventure. So I started seeing it that way too, and we have had four wonderful years of enjoying an empty nest and enjoying our adult children. I just love that, uh, Elizabeth. Thank you for sharing that, Uh, that whole thinking of it as a new adventure and not just a loss. And so it'd be intentional about the change in that relationship between you and your spouse if if you have a spouse as your child is leaving. At the same time, there are going to be changes in the relationship with the kid, and that takes some adjustment on both our parts. And Priscille said, oh, that is so hard. She says, I try to stay open to all questions or requests for advice from my son, even if they come often very late at night because he's a night owl. I try not to interfere too much with his choices, but I don't keep my mouth shut when I see something I'm not happy with. Keep a neutral tone without judgment, but I need sometimes to tell him what I think or feel, even if he's doing the opposite. And he's, she, 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 as example, she talked about career decisions or money management. Um, so it's, I thought that that's great. That's that's a change in the relationship. Chris talked about that too. She she kind of relating back. She says it's very important and fun to reconnect with your spouse as we were just talking about. Uh, Then she says, as for the kids, I had to realize my whole life was up to that point helping prepare them to launch and that when they actually launched, I was still setting an example to them of being on the other side now. Respect and support their decisions like you would do for a friend. Offer advice if asked. Sometimes I will say, are you just asking what my thoughts are? Or do you need me to just let you vent or talk it through? She says, it's wonderful watching them evolve and find passion for things in their own lives. Not to say there were not times we shed tears and missed them as children, but overall, seeing them mature and being involved in their adult lives is a blessing. I thought that was really a wise perspective. Yvonne, who I mentioned earlier with the two adult children, 27 and 23, she had some tips on the financial side. She also says, moving from parent to guide on the side was interesting. I had to intentionally tell the kids, your dad and I no longer parent you, as in the verb parent. We are now the noun. We are your parents. We can advise, give counsel, listen, help, assist, but you no longer need our permission. 
If you ask permission, we will remind you, you don't need our permission. We love you. We support you. We raised you well. You're smart. Go conquer the world. And I just love that so much, Yvonne. What a great uh, approach to that new relationship with your kids as they step out into the adult world. On a practical level, some things that we can do to support our kids from a distance, supposing that they've left. And a lot of what I'm talking about here really seems to apply mostly to the kids who've gone off to college or to graduate school or to the military or to their first job on their own. But it applies if they've gotten married as well. You know, it's just a little bit different dynamic. And so some of the ideas for supporting your kids from a distance, if they've gone somewhere far away... Betsy uh, said her youngest is headed off to college in a few weeks. And one thing that uh, has helped with her oldest, who went to college 2,000 miles away, is to text good morning notes each day. And she often used bitmojis for fun. And she said, and making time for FaceTime talks on the weekend. It helps her feel supported. It helps me feel connected. So keeping those communication lines open. Robin agreed. She said, when when my son headed to France for study abroad, texting several times a week and FaceTime conversations at least once a week helped all of us. And maybe they'll be, that'll be more frequent in the early uh, stages of this transition time. But it's, uh, you know, having, keeping the communication lines open is so valuable. Elizabeth, whose sons are 22 and 26, says the 22-year-old has recently graduated from college and moved back to Birmingham, where we live, but has his own apartment and is working as a civil engineer. Uh, My 26-year-old took a break from college and then decided he wanted to go back. He lives in Birmingham, but not with us. With both of them, I make a conscious effort to see them at least once every two weeks. My youngest went to college 45 minutes away, so that was doable even when he didn't live in town. I also send them a text every Monday and ask how I can pray for them that week. I do want to pray, but it also lets me know what challenges they're experiencing. So I I love that idea that, um, you know, regularly reaching out, and if you're a person of faith, a person who prays, asking them on a regular basis, how can I pray for you? What, you know, that's such a, it's providing that point of contact with them, letting them know you still are thinking of them, and also lets you know, gives them an opportunity to share with you what's going on in their life. So keeping the communication open is seems to be a thread of the, the suggestions from the community. The other thing I thought of is sending care packages periodically, putting together a little box of Things, maybe treats you know they love, but maybe their budget won't allow them to indulge, or uh, reminders from home, household items that maybe will help support them, Any, anything like that. Uh, the care packages, I think, are particularly important if they've gone into the military. I've had two sons who've been through basic training and then have been deployed at different times, and they really looked forward to those packages as a connection from home. And uh, find out, just ask them what they want, what kinds of things they like, and whether it's homemade cookies that, you know, from your family's secret recipe, or just little odds and ends that you used to keep in the pantry for them um, that, uh, that maybe they wouldn't think to go get themselves. But putting little care packages together periodically and sending those off are a way that you can support them. 
without, you know, not necessarily providing financial support like we talked about earlier, but just that emotional support that letting them know that even though they're gone, (laughs) they're still your baby. You're still there for them. You're still looking out for them, staying in touch and providing little reminders from home. I think there's probably more we could say there, I, I feel like I don't have a lot of answers here. I have more questions than answers, even though this is the last of my five children leaving home. I would love to hear from you and your thoughts on this. Uh, the fact is when your child leaves home, it's the end of an era, but it's also the beginning of a new phase of life. And like anything else, our experience of it will be determined by how we choose to think about it. And we can experience the sadness and the loss of them leaving and acknowledge that it is a loss, it is a change, and change can be hard, but we can also look forward to it and find ways to to react to it positively to create that new relationship with our child as an adult. Robin, I think, summed up a lot of this in in a great post in the Facebook group, and I kind of want to end with this. And so I'm just quoting Robin right out of the the community Facebook group. She says, the best advice I can give is to know this is going to happen and plan accordingly. Make a list of all the things your child will need to know how to do on his or her own and start teaching and practicing. Things like washing clothes, cooking a couple different meals, grocery shopping, running a sweeper, how to properly clean a bathroom, keeping a checkbook, tracking expenses, making hair, dental, and medical appointments how to clean the fridge, how to change a tire, how to check the oil in the car, how to hang a picture, etc. Make that list. Uh, I, I just That's a great list to start from. And this is my commentary. This is what she said. But those are some things to think about. What else do our children need to know? Robin goes on and says, also make a plan for yourself. If you have been actively involved in your child's life, you're going to have a huge void. Plan ahead for activities you want to do, things you want to become involved in, things you've been putting off for years. You will now have time to do those things. Set some goals for yourself. Learn something new. Socialize more. Use your talents. Revisit your passions. Renew your relationships. With proper planning, it can be a positive experience for everyone. Yes, you will miss them terribly, but you will find they are confident they can handle the change because you have taught them well and you will feel confident too. I think that's the best encouragement that we can offer is knowing that we did our best to to teach them how to become happy and healthy and productive adults and be ready, look forward with anticipation to this new stage of life. Thank you, Robin, for those wise words for everybody who contributed to this conversation in the Facebook group. But I hope it will continue as we move forward. But what do you think? Have your kids left home? How did you prepare them? And how did you prepare yourself? I would love it if you would share your tips. You can do that in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 202. Or of course, you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the uh, community Facebook group. If you're not already a member of the group, you can go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and ask to join. If you're a woman who listens to this show, you are welcome in that community. And we have some really wonderful conversations going on there. 
If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or uh, you can always leave a voice message on the website or the Facebook page. There's a little button there for leaving a voice message. And uh, I, I receive those and respond to them as well. I want to say a quick word about our sponsor, Babbel. That is the number one selling language learning app in the world. Babbel teaches you a new language in a different way that actually makes you remember what you learn. It's a quick fun and efficient way to learn a language. I think it's important to learn another language because our world is so much smaller than it used to be. And we are more and more likely to interact with people from different cultures, different countries, and communication is key in order to to broaden our world and expand our horizons. Learning to speak another language facilitates that. It's also a great exercise for our brains. And so for those of us who are uh, women of a certain age, the, the exercise of learning a new language is a great one. With Babbel, you can learn any number of languages. They have uh, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Swedish, Russian, and many more. And you can actually be speaking your new language within weeks using Babbel. Uh, their 10 to 15 minute lessons are available as an app or online and they use a variety of techniques that it's really makes it kind of fun to try learning these new words and, and, and putting them into specific situations. One Babbel user has said, I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can see I was just taught the wrong way. Babbel makes it easy, makes it fun, and helps you speak confidently. If you want to learn a new language, maybe your child is leaving to go off to another country and you want to be able to communicate in the language of that country, whatever the reason is, or if you're looking for something new, a new challenge to take on as your child launches, this is a great tool to do that. If you visit babbel.com and use offer code TPW, you'll get 50% off your first three months. So that's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, offer code TPW for 50% off your first three months. If you give it a try, let me know if you enjoy it as much as I've been enjoying it. And also don't forget to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial of FreshBooks Cloud Accounting Service. Visit freshbooks.com slash TPW and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. And thank you so much to Babbel and FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I really appreciate you spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I hope we can continue this conversation. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.